When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, hello. My goodness. July is upon us, and uh, I'm excited. I am. This uh, past weekend was a big one for most of us, I'm sure. Fourth of July weekend. A nice, well, hopefully a three-day weekend for you. It was for for me and the gang here at the big show. And uh, what a great way to come back from a three-day weekend. Um, this uh, podcast has been uh, so blessed in that... Um, well, in a few ways, the, the fact that you uh, listen at all is uh, certainly a blessing. And uh, they, I mean, but the, the caliber of guests that we have is just stunning. And this week is no different. Um, a, a, a true A-lister in the world and an absolute pleasure of a human being. I'm thrilled to uh, to have uh, this person as our guest this week. Of course, our guest is you. Oh, my gosh. How are you? Boy, oh boy. Will you look at you? You look great. I hope you're feeling great as well. And uh, I am uh, coming off of a, uh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tad tired. I was just telling producer Jason that, that uh, tad, tad tired. It was a fun uh, weekend, but uh, the sleep hours were a little different. There may have been a little alcohol involved, which affects one's uh, schedule <laughs> when it comes to sleeping and all that stuff. And uh, it was a lot of uh, it was a dietarily not a very healthy weekend, but certainly a delicious one and a lot of fun. But I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to uh, acknowledge our sponsor this week. And, uh, oh, very fitting uh, for this time of year. Uh, this week's sponsor, swimsuits. That's right. I mean, if, look, if we didn't have swimsuits, what would we be swimming in? Uh, our jean shorts? Our uh, uh, boxers? Nothing? Uh, well, I mean, look, skinny dipping has its place, but, uh, of course, you can't do it at, say, the public pool or uh, maybe during the day at a, a busy Lake, or certainly not on the beach. Well, there are beaches for that, aren't there? Anyway, uh, but besides, uh, you know, late night skinny dipping and um, stuff like that, swimsuits, very important. And uh, boy, they really do the trick, don't they? Like, especially guys, it's a weird thing. You put on those those swim trunks and that netting in there really keeps things... Um, uh, you know, it, it keeps things uh, where they should be, and uh, you feel don't you feel secure and safe, but but not uncomfortable when you're wearing it's it's uh it's really quite something. 
And so, uh, ladies, boy, oh boy, well, your swimsuits are just, first off, aesthetically quite pleasing. You've got many styles there to choose from and many uh, wonderful designs. And you've even, you can even go one piece or uh, two piece. Uh, you know, you've got that choice too. And I, I tell you what, you look great uh, either way. And, um, and hey, function as well, you know, keeps, uh, some important, uh, parts, uh, covered and uh you know no you don't want sunburn in some of those areas so the swimsuit will help with that <laughs> and uh yeah so uh, by the way uh i'm sure you don't mind ladies how uh, a hunky dude may look in his swimming trunks sure yeah why not show off uh that uh, dad bod or whatever you you may uh, enjoy. Uh, swimsuits, thank you for being uh, our sponsor this week. I hope you get to enjoy a swimsuit very, very soon. And uh, uh, this weekend I did plenty of swimming at uh, Lake of the Ozarks where my family uh, and I got together. My brother Jeff uh, is blessed enough to have a, a good job. And he was actually, you know what, he uh, blessed and they did the right stuff. My sister-in-law and my brother, they have two kids, and they had a lot of, uh, you know, student loan debt and other things like that, and they went, you know what, we're, we're cracking down, and we, we're tired of paying interest on things, and um, we don't want to owe any more money, so they they followed, actually, uh, Dave Ramsey, the financial sort of uh, guru, if you will, um, they followed his advice to a T and got themselves out of debt very effectively. And um, I, I mean, I remember, I remember when they told us, they, they said we did it because I remember for years they were living like they were broke and they, and they weren't, but they were, uh, we all took a trip to um, Disney uh, down in Orlando one year and um, they had the money for it. And they had budgeted for it, but they still totally every meal they brought in. They did not buy food at uh, except for maybe a, a treat here or there. They didn't buy their food because you can bring in food at the parks there. So uh, my sister in law would get up earlier before we'd hit the parks, and she would make a bunch of sandwiches. And uh, while the rest of us were eating, um, you know, not. Not crazy expensive, but certainly not cheap uh, meals at the food, at the restaurants they have in the parks. Uh, the four of them would eat what they brought. And not because they had to, but because they chose to. They wanted to get out of debt. And uh, they made some sacrifices and uh, um, for, for a couple of years. And then I remember they made an announcement. They went, hey, we are out of debt. We followed the plan. We stuck to it. We did it. We don't owe anybody anything. We're not paying interest on anything. And um, my gosh, uh, good on them. And now they're able to, you know, they were able to get a lake house. Uh, a, a dream that we had always had because as kids, we would go to the Ozarks and um, see the homes there and go, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if we had a house here. We could come here anytime we wanted and all this. And now, my gosh, my brother Jeff did it. And uh, we get to enjoy the fruits of uh, their their labor. So, a lot of swimming. And the swimsuit uh, that I wore, oh, it's very sharp, very sharp. 
It's uh, swim trunks, uh, dark blue with marlin on them. Oh my gosh, they uh, they look good. They do, especially on these with these legs coming out of them. Are you kidding me? Oh boy. And here's what I like about the swimsuit. I uh, uh, the first day Saturday I swam, and then when I was done, put that uh, put those swim trunks on the railing of the deck. And the next day I went out, and if they weren't dry and ready to go. <laughs> now, granted, they smelled like a lake, but uh, they were nice and toasty from the sun. And uh, ah, yes. So uh, I certainly enjoyed that. And uh, my brother, uh, my brother and sister, they bought uh, a lily pad, like this one of those giant like mats that go out on the water, and you can pull yourself up on it and stand and run on it and stuff. It's cool. It's not easy. I have like zero core strength, so. Trying to stand up and run on this uh, essentially waterbed type thing uh, was amusing for for all because I was falling and uh, being my typical uncoordinated self. Uh, but man, the kids loved it, and we had oh boy, we had a great time. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in a bit, but I say right now we get out of this humid basement. Man, oh man, I mean the walls. If you were to run your finger down the walls down here. I mean, it's like touching a, a frog's belly. It's just moist and weird and, uh, oh, boy, uh, it's just awful down here. Let's go ahead and hop aboard the TJA Express. That's right, the Arntrack, the world's only steam-powered monorail. Takes us out and about and then right back in. Ah, will you listen to that horn? Oh, boy, that makes me happy every time I hear it. And, oh! Well, I see that we've arrived in uh, one of our uh, very favorite locations, a place we visit quite often, Vocabville. Oh, isn't it nice to be here where people not only use vocabulary correctly, but they love it and they love learning new words and whatnot. Well, this word is probably familiar to some. Uh, The shortened version of it is certainly out there, but you may not have known uh, where it came from. And... uh, This word came up over the weekend because there was plenty of imbibing going on, uh, beer and, uh, oh, we had margaritas one day and, oh, man, oh, man. Well, the word is dipsomania. That's right, dipsomania. And it just means an uncontrollable craving for alcoholic liquors. And uh, (laughs) you've probably heard the term dipso. Before it's uh, sort of a slang, uh, maybe even pejorative term for somebody who likes to drink. Um, dipso, yeah, you what? He's just such a dipso. Uh, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard that. It's old fashioned, but it's uh, it comes from dipsomania, which I guess could be um, the technical term for an alcoholic. Uh, yeah, he's suffering from dipsomania. So yeah, if you. Uh, um, for whatever reason, you decided that, uh, well, hey, look, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm simply a dipsomaniac, and uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and by the way, I feel like I know, uh, uh, pl- I know enough alcoholics. I know a ton, actually, uh, just so many in my life, and thank goodness they've, they're getting help or whatever. They're in the program and all that stuff, and uh, I, 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 boy. And so when I joke about uh, dipsomania and things like that, I know that they've got my my blessing because I'll tell you what, man. I 
I did a show. I was lucky enough to do a show. My my one of my uh, really good friends, Mark, um, is in the program, and um, he oh he discusses it openly. I didn't say his last name, obviously, but uh, so I don't feel like I'm uh, you know outing him in any way. But he uh, is in the program, and he put together a stand up show um, one night in St. Louis for oh boy, I'm gonna say. 500 uh, folks who were in AA, and it was, to this day, probably the best reaction I've ever... This audience came, and they were so ready to laugh and have a good time, and uh, man, I mean, there were three or four of us on the bill, and we all just murdered, and just the sweetest people. We had so much fun, And, and Mark, after the show, made such a great point... He goes, uh, I go, I don't know why I thought this would be some sort of, you know, sort of a, a, a more a, a, a calmer, quieter affair, maybe even a somber affair. I go, I, I go, what, what a ridiculous misconception I, I had made in my head that a group of people in AA wouldn't be like cheerful, that they would all just kind of be, you know, maybe how you see in movies where they go around. Uh, you know, maybe like sort of a group therapy type thing where folks are in a circle and they don't really want to talk about their issues, but they're there and all this. No, not at all. I was totally wrong. And uh, um, Mark made a really good point. I go, man, and they were, everybody was so attentive. And he goes, well, yeah, when you're in the program, you you listen like you're, you're you listen to people talk all the time. Like you, and I went, oh yeah, you're right. That's an audience that knows how to listen. And because uh, a lot of times you go to a comedy club, folks will not listen the whole time. You know, they're they're with friends. They want to talk with them. They they're drinking, so their attention uh, span might be a little impaired and all this. Man, not here. It it we had such a blast with such wonderful folks. Uh, and uh, by the way, and and also the self deprecating humor really went over it well because, hey, these are folks that have had issues and they've decided, you know what, my life would be better if I worked on these. And uh, so they know what it's like to feel flawed and so uh, and and to, uh, you know, have a little bit of have a, have a sense of humor about yourself. And, oh, man, we had a great time. Just a wonderful time. Anyway, dipsomania is uh, a word. Use it this week. I don't know what your problem. You that guy must be a dipsomaniac, or he's. <laughs> uh, and if you are uh, somebody who's in the program and working on it, oh my god, it's mad, mad respect to you. Oh, such respect to you. Uh, anybody who who knows that they might have, you know, something they'd like to work on, and then they do it. Uh, they put the work in. They make the sacrifice. Um, oh. I, there's there's nothing I I mean I just have so much respect uh, for you so keep it up keep up the great work you're doing you're doing wonderfully. Um, I, I talked the last few weeks about um, as we make our way back to uh, the basement. Uh, I about baseball about and about working for Rolling Sporting Goods. Now I only touched on. Sort of the first chapter in my in the in the Rawlings saga, and I'll get back to it uh, other times. But it was started by a question that came in of what was uh, after having worked with Rawlings for so many years, what was my favorite baseball memory? And actually, um, 
I thought I would go ahead and answer it now. It had nothing to do with uh, me working at Rawlings. It's it was separate from that job. Even though I got to go to many All Star games and home run derbies and meet a lot of players and and stuff like that. And again, I'll talk about some of that stuff later. But in this case, my favorite baseball memory is um, well something that some of you are probably familiar with. I was at Game Six of the 2011 World Series, uh, which is considered by a fair amount of uh, sports analysts and uh, and baseball experts to be one of, if not the greatest game of baseball ever played. Here's what happened. I A friend of mine um, said, hey, I know a guy who's selling some tickets. They're expensive, but uh, they're World Series tickets. Uh, are you interested? And at the time, I had uh, a little disposable income. And I went, you know what? These tickets are, are way out of my price range. But uh, if I make a few sacrifices the next month or two, I can I can do this. And uh, boy, how great would it be to go to a World Series? Why not? And uh, so I bought the tickets um, from my friend's friend. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. Who, who should I... Um, ask and I, I called my dad and I said, "Hey, you want to go to the World Series with me? Uh, I've, I've got tickets for for the game on what we were supposed to be Wednesday, but that got rained out, and then it ended up being I think it was a Thursday, uh, but it was like it was October twenty seventh, so it was a great. Oh man, I, fall is my favorite, and so to be out there watching some uh, watching uh, my baseball team, the Cardinals, and the World Series, never having gone to a World Series, I was pretty pumped." And I asked my dad, I said, hey, I've got a ticket. It's on me. Do you want to, you want to go? And he said, ah, man, my arm has really been bugging me. It's, uh, he had something in his arm, like his, his uh, shoulder joint had some sort of crystallization in it or calcium buildup or something. And um, uh, he, he was having trouble, you know, maneuvering his shoulder. It was just, he was in a lot of pain. And I go, and he, but he goes, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I, let, let's go, let's go. I said, oh, great. So that night I picked up my dad and we went to the game. And this game turned out to be so nail-bitingly exciting. It was crazy. Now, when we came into it, we when we went to game six, we knew there was no chance of the Cardinals uh, winning the World Series that night. We were I, I forget exactly how many games we were down. But the Rangers could win that night. So... As the game is going along, it's looking more and more like the Cardinals are going to lose. Um, we keep getting into these run deficits, two run deficits, three, and coming back, but never really, like, I, I don't remember if we ever had the lead or not, but uh, we would get down two runs and then somehow get tied up and then down two runs again and then tied up. And I mean, it was just a roller coaster. And I remember my dad, he had always taught us, uh, you know, Hey, if your team doesn't win, still try to enjoy things or whatever. And I remember, uh, you know, we were kind of looking at each other at one point and we were down close. We were about six or seven rows behind the Cardinals dugout. And uh, it was packed, of course. And everybody, so everybody where we're sitting, a lot of them were season ticket holders, and and many of them obviously die hard Cardinal fans. 
So they weren't really enjoying themselves. They did not want to lose the World Series. My dad and I, Cardinals fans, but we're not crazy invested. And, uh, but we, you know, so we're not sweating bullets like everybody near us and we're not uptight. We're still able to kind of talk and relax, be a little bit relaxed and just kind of enjoy. And my dad goes, you know what? Hey, the Cardinals win tonight. We'll get to see the Rangers win the World Series. And they've never won. And, uh, and we we both liked uh, oh I'm I apologize I forget the the man's name who was uh, their coach was it Dusty Baker um, I I forget but we both liked the Rangers coach we, you know what these guys have had an amazing season in fact they were they've been in the World Series recently and they lost and uh, yeah if our team loses we'll get to see that team win and that'll be and that's one of the things that I'm proud to say uh, being a St Louis being from St Louis is has made St. Louis one of the best sports uh, crowds in the world. And everybody uh, in sports will acknowledge this. We don't just appreciate our teams. We appreciate everything. So I, I, they're, they're, they've always, particularly baseball, they've always, baseball players have always said, hey, I'm on the verge of breaking this record. I won't be able to do it at my home stadium. But it looks like I may be able to be do it when we're on the road in St. Louis. I hope to do it there because the audience, the crowds will uh, acknowledge and appreciate the record itself. Even though I may be on the team, you know, I might be on the Cubs or something that that uh, many Cardinals fans consider their arch enemies. Um, yeah, players like do having milestones in St. Louis when they can't do it at home. It's just a fact. And it's pretty – so, yeah, I went, you know what, Dad, you're right. We'll, we'll watch this team celebrate, and, yeah, you know, bittersweet, but how cool. And uh, uh, we were having a, a good time. Now, my dad's shoulder was really, really hurting still. He was like, man, this is – I'm just miserable. And there were a couple times um, where it would even get a little – it was kind of cold that night and a little drizzly, and, and he uh, – he was like, yeah, we should probably, I don't know if we can make the whole game. And I went, ah, you know, because it just wasn't looking good for the car. I go, yeah, we want to watch them celebrate. He goes, yeah, we do. So uh, we get to the ninth inning, and uh, we're down. And uh, my gosh, if we don't tie it up, and we're going to extra innings. Can you believe this? And maybe now the place is going to, oh, my, we actually have a shot to stay in the World Series. And uh, then in the 10th inning, uh, things weren't looking good. We were down by another two runs. Like, okay, well, you know, they gave it their best. Well, we tied up again. I think that may have been uh, Lance Berkman hit had a great hit, and we tied up. We, we got two runs back. Oh, my gosh. How did we do it? We're going to the 11th. And uh, how crazy is this? Now, in extra innings, either in the 9th through the 11th, or in just the t- the Cardinals were down to their last strike at least three times. Their last strike, not just their last out, but their last strike. And they were able to pull through every time. And that last time was in the 11th inning. We're down by another two runs. Okay, well, we're going to lose this. And by the way, if I have a, a few of these scoring details wrong, I apologize. Um, but this is just how my, I I really, this is my memory. And, uh, they, so we're down a a couple runs 
And up comes David Freeze, young kid, but a, a fan favorite in St. Louis, um, particularly after this. And he hits a three-run home run. And the Cardinals win in the bottom of the 11th. And we lost our minds. We couldn't believe it. We knew we had seen something special. 11 innings of, of amazing baseball. And now our team won and we we're staying in the World Series. And, of course, the Cardinals, with that kind of momentum, went on to win the whole thing in 2011. They won. And we were at... Game six, and uh, my dad and I, and the poor guy, (laughs) everyone around us starts going berserk and jumping up and down and bumping into each other and high-fiving everybody. Everybody, we were all strangers, but we, and my dad, uh, in awful pain, raised up his left hand that that hurt him, was hurting him so much, and high-fived everybody in the area. And uh, we're high-fiving people as we're walking out of the stadium and uh, going crazy. It was just such a special game and such a great time. And when we got to my car, I remember Ted going, I shouldn't have been high-fiving anybody. I am I am not. <laughs> His poor arm was really, really hurting him. But, man, we had a nice time. We had such a good time, and we were so thankful that we hadn't left. And we were talking about that. Like, man, there was a time there we were about to walk out and, and – uh, Oh, what a cool thing to uh, be able to have been at Game Six of the 2011 World Series with my uh, with my dad. We, uh, whoo, well, yeah, a, a great great memory, and uh, I still have my ticket. And what I need to do is, um, I need to get one of those cool, like really thick uh, sort of protectors to put uh, the ticket in, almost like a, they're almost like one of those thick paperweight type things. And so I can slide my ticket in there and just sort of, yeah, make sure it, um, I mean, it's already a little wrinkled and stuff. It was in my pocket during the game, but I don't care. I just want to have it and uh, be able to look at it now and again. Oh, boy, that was that was a heck of a game. So that is my favorite baseball memory. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, m- uh, more memories made this past weekend with the family uh, at the Lake of the Ozarks for 4th of July. 4th of July has always been my favorite holiday. And I think because... uh, Now, look, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. I love Halloween. I mean, it's hard to... uh, It it is kind of hard to say what what my favorite holiday is, only in that they're so close together. Like if... uh, Fourth of July is my favorite. So if that's a 10 on on a scale from 1 to 10, Thanksgiving's like a a 9.5, and Christmas is like a 9 and... Uh, one quarter, you know what I mean? Like, they're all very, I love them all. But what I love about the 4th of July is it's always been such a fun day for my family. And, uh, uh, man, oh, man, ever since we were very, very little, it's just been such a day to look forward to and a day to remember. So when we were kids... Uh, as you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, but my parents would. Uh, they always made sure that we had at least a little for some fireworks. So uh, we would go to the fireworks stand, and how exciting was that? Uh, first off, those tents, they would start popping up, you know, mid, late June, and we'd see them and go, oh, can we go, can we go? Not yet, it's too early, it's too early. Because, you know, having four boys, my parents weren't too 
keen on the idea of buying a bunch of fireworks and having them sit in the house for two weeks because there's a good chance we would have broken into the stash and started lighting them well before the 4th of July. So uh, we always got our fireworks real close to the 4th, like either the 2nd or the 3rd, and I I think sometimes on the 4th itself. So, um, yeah, we'd go out and we'd go into the tent and get we'd each get a basket and uh, start filling them up. And, of course, the parents would come over and go, oh, what do you got there? And uh, you'd show them, okay, well, take that out, take that out, take that out. <laughs> Either for uh, expense reasons or because there were certain fireworks our parents just didn't want us to have. Particularly the fireworks that looked like rockets. My dad hated. He hated them. And we were always like, Dad, how come we can never get these rocket things? You know, they would stand up on their little rocket legs, uh, and you and you would light the wick at the bottom there, and it would shoot up. Well, he goes, uh, those always go wrong. Those always go wrong. <laughs> and I remember one year we finally talked him into getting one. And I think the appeal was more the fact that he wouldn't allow us to have them. So when he did, we, we you know, we would just beg him and beg him. And then finally he got one, and we lost our minds. We were so excited. And I'll be damned if that night he didn't set it down on a piece of cardboard in the lawn or uh, wood, plywood uh, in the lawn, light it, and immediately fell over and it shot into the neighbor's roof. (laughs) And he goes, I told you guys, these always go wrong. And my brothers and I were talking about this past weekend. Uh, I said he was right. And I've bought them since then. And they do. They always, I've never seen one shoot up into the air and explode like it's supposed to. They always fall over or they go, they'll they'll kind of start to go straight and then just veer violently off. And uh, my, now my brother Joe claims that he's had plenty that have worked uh, properly. But the rest of us, Jeff, John, and myself, we all went, no, we've never seen one work properly. But uh, I, <laughs> So those were uh, sort of off limits. But we'd get everything else, you know, Roman candles, and uh, I remember my dad's favorite was this, like, big bottle rocket type thing that he would shoot off at night called Wild Geese, because they would uh, screech and all this stuff. And we would also get, you know, chickens and tanks and little boats and uh, sparklers and all that stuff, and uh, really, really had a, uh, oh man, 4th of July, all day, we would just be shooting off fireworks, fire fire, uh, bottle rockets. And lighting smoke bombs and snakes. And then at night, my dad, you know, they would get the bigger fireworks out. And uh, we had parachutes and all that, fountains and all that stuff. I had to admit something uh, really, really idiotic over the weekend that I'd never admitted before. I didn't have to. But my brother John has always told a story about how when he was like five or six, we were lighting off smoke bombs. And he uh, bent down to one of the, to the smoke bomb and inhaled as hard as he could. He just wanted to breathe in the smoke. And that poor kid, because he started gagging and choking so hard that it like concer- it, we were all really, really concerned. And my mom had to explain to us the dangers, you know, how we wouldn't be allowed to do this anymore if we weren't responsible and all this stuff. Well, John has always has, has told that story quite a few times, and this year, 
I finally fessed up because I have felt I, I felt bad about this my whole life, and I think I was embarrassed to fess to to admit this. But I fessed up and I said, John, do you know the whole story there? And he's like, What do you mean? And I said, Well, I told you. I said, I I when you I said, Hey, John, bend down and breathe in as much of that smoke as you can. <laughs> and he goes, What? I go, yeah, man, I didn't know that it was, like, dangerous or whatever. I just wanted to see you do it. And uh, he goes, you're just now telling me this? And I was like, I've been ashamed of it. <laughs> but that is the story. I I am responsible for that. And uh, I feel real bad. And he was like, jeez. <laughs> but man, I'll tell you what. That scared me uh, as much, maybe as much as it scared him when he was coughing and choking because I was like, well, I killed my little brother. <laughs> that's, that's what was going through my head when he first started choking. So, oh boy, I feel bad about it. And I thought maybe confessing it would uh, relieve some of the guilt and it didn't. So, uh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll run that by my therapist next week. Um, yeah, we also figured out the perfect way to shoot off bottle rockets. The hole, the tiny hole at the bottom of a wiffle ball bat. So <laughs> we would always have an older cracked wiffle ball bat because we played wiffle ball all the time. And we would uh, put that in like a fence. We would some, some like secure it in the uh, metal fence there or sort of somehow strap it to a, a, the deck rail or something. And it was perfect. That little bottle rocket stick would fit down and the wick would hang out and uh, you'd light it and, oh, they shot perfectly. Now we also figured out that if you Put the bottle rocket. <laughs> if you put the bottle rocket in the, the end of a wiffle ball bat, you can uh, very effectively uh, hold the uh, end of the wiffle ball bat and aim that bottle rocket at whoever you like uh, with with no danger to yourself. And uh, well, that happened more than it, it should have. Um, but <laughs> Uh, for the most part, we were very responsible, but the kids and us, you know, the little uh, semi, you know, lower class uh, rednecky uh, punks in us would come out every now and again. <laughs> so for us, Fourth of July was such a treat. Barbecue and fireworks and wiffle ball tournaments and swimming. Um, we had one of those above ground metal pools that was being eaten away by by rust, and so you had to be careful when you got in and out of it because the rim of it would have uh, just razor sharp areas. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'd fill that up with the hose there and wait two hours or whatever until uh, there was enough water to swim in it. And uh, uh, man, just. Just terrific, terrific uh, stuff. And now our 4th of July's have evolved to going to Jeff and Tori's Lake House. And uh, we fish and swim and uh, barbecue and listen to music on the dock and, uh, you know, have some adult beverages. And one of the best things is the next generation, uh, Jeff and Tori's kids and John's kids. Uh, right now, they range from 20 to 5, and uh, seeing them enjoy the 4th of July and uh, being excited about it and watching fireworks and 
Because at the lake house, we don't shoot off any of our own fireworks. Um, we sit on the dock, and in the cove where their house is, there are a lot of other uh, a lot of other homes. Um, very affluent. Uh, I mean, these are really nice lake lake homes, um, and uh, the folks there have some uh, disposable income, and they. I mean, the displays that they put on on the third and the fourth are stellar. And there are about six of them going on at the same time. So we have sort of a pan panoramic view of all these uh, fireworks, you know, amateur fireworks displays. So we can just sit and watch the fireworks and their reflections are in the water and uh, really enjoy them. And it's it just just really, really nice. And um, uh, my niece, my youngest niece, who's five, uh, she and I joke around a lot. Well, all my nieces and nephews joke around and. Uh, but the five-year-olds, uh, I can still be real silly with, and she—I uh, was pretending to be terrified of the fireworks. Whoa, what was what was that noise? And she would go, "It's a firework." And then I would see, you know, one of them would go off, and there'd be—I go, "What are those lights? Is that, are those aliens?" And she'd go, "It's a firework." And then finally, I was pretending to like cry or something, and she goes, "What's wrong?" And I go, "I'm terrified of the fireworks." And she goes. Do you want me to sit on your stupid lap? <laughs> and man, I laughed and she laughed and uh just I just just such great <laughs> great moments. <laughs> I love that she uh acknowledged that I was being stupid. Um but still offered it was like <laughs> what she was offering was sweet. Like I can console you, I can sit on your lap and you'll be fine. But she did it in such a rude way. <laughs> oh, boy. And, man, watching those girls fish is such a delight, too. Uh, ten, uh, Atlas is 10, and Eden is 5. And uh, those are my brother John's girls. And um, they love fishing. They love it. But they're not as patient as you should be when you fish. So, uh, you know, they've got their little poles with the bobber. And the hook, and uh, of course, they don't put the worms on themselves. They it, First off, it's uh, gross to them. Uh, well, the five-year-old had no problem uh, grabbing a worm and ripping, ripping it in half and uh, <laughs> handing me one half so I could put it on the hook. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I was on worm duty for a little bit. Mostly my brother John, though, is uh, he does all of that. And the poor guy, he's an avid fisherman himself. So he's trying to do his own fishing. And these girls, bless them, they uh, they would they'd get a fresh worm on their hook, go to the water, uh, cast as best they could out in the water. Atlas is pretty good. Eden, the five-year-old, uh, not not as good, but of course she isn't. So she tends to cast around uh, part of the dock or around somebody else's line. She's just immediately tangled up. <laughs> so there's you always have to fix a tangle. And then when they do get get it in the water well, they sit there for 30 seconds and go, there are no fish here, and reel it back in and all this. <laughs> so their worms are always coming off. And uh, But when they catch something, oh, well, how joyous. It's so, so fun. Ah, the 4th of July. I, uh, I hope that you guys had a wonderful 4th. And, uh, you know, it's also, it's also obviously a holiday to celebrate America. And uh, I firmly believe uh, 
America is a place to be celebrated. Now, uh, I'm not uh, jingoistic. I, I, I don't get. I don't go overboard with it. But it's. Uh, it, it's. Oh man, I really think that uh, particularly now we, we live in sort of an era where a, a fair amount of uh, the citizenship um, thinks that uh, America isn't so great and uh, that that it's sort of inherently flawed. And uh, look, nobody's denying that uh, we've had some rough patches in our history, and that's that that's even sort of an understatement. We've we uh, haven't always done things as they should be done. Uh, but it's it's still pretty amazing, and we really are getting better all the time. And I don't think there's enough, um, uh, you know, without downplaying some of our uh, uh, gross mistakes, um, we, we don't talk enough about how we are getting better. We really are. And, uh, man, it's just, uh, just wonderful. And, and uh, boy, I, I think that uh, could be um, something to work on this week is to actually, uh, well, uh, sit back and uh, um, think about what you love about this country. And also, why not? Think about what you would change or what you would like to see changed. Um, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. A, a, you know what? This place, my gosh, if this isn't the best place in the world uh, to live, uh, but you know what would make it even better? And 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 what are you going to do about it? Uh, what what can you add and and uh, support uh, to do what you think would be best uh, for uh, America? Uh, I think that's what we should work on. Why not? Celebrate how far we've come and what we're doing now and what we love about it. And also celebrate how we're going to get better. It's uh, it's a terrific, terrific thing. Um, a lot of sacrifice has been made for uh, us and for the, for the country. And we never want to forget that, of course. And uh, it's also on us, though. We have a responsibility to make this uh, country the best it can be. And good on us for, for doing that. Ah, oh, man, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I just, I love celebrating uh, the good. So, uh, again, not trying to be uh, ultra patriotic or whatever, but I can't help it. It's, uh, it really is a cool, cool place. We've got a lot of uh, wonderful uh, things and uh, opportunities and, ah, oh, man, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So, work on that this week. Um... And also, you know what is really cool? Ask uh, somebody what they like and what they would also like to to see uh, get better. Uh, just some really nice conversation out there. There's a lot of, uh, uh, boy, you know, criticism and negativity, uh, particularly on, you know, things like social media and stuff. But why not take, uh, and, and by the way, uh, some things absolutely deserve criticism. But constructive criticism, I think, is always the way to go. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that like to complain, but they, they're not doing much about, about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, see what you can do. Uh, what else did I want to tell you? Uh, some comedy shows coming up. Uh, the tour is uh, getting a little bigger, and um, 
Oh, boy. I'm going to post all these on Instagram. But uh, as of right now, I'll just throw you a couple things. Louisville, I'm coming to see you. Uh, did I say Louisville weird? Louisville. I know you can't really say Louisville, but I think the way I said it was was also wrong. So, uh, <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky, I will be at the Caravan at the end of August, Friday the 27th and Saturday the 28th. Uh, and uh, Bloomington, Indiana, I will be at the Comedy Attic. Oh, my gosh. Just one of the, speaking of uh, great American things, that's one of the great, uh, one of my favorite places in America is the Comedy Attic. I will be there Halloween weekend. That's right, the 28th, 29th, and 30th. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Iowa, I've got dates coming up. Potentially um, some other places. There's even talk of a return to Toledo. So I will uh, let you know once the details of that are out. And uh, also, heads up, uh, know that Josh Arnold podcast for the next two weeks. There are things going on around here, vacations and uh, all kinds of uh, stuff happening. So uh, there will be a, a two-week hiatus, but we'll be back after that. And, uh, boy, you know how much I appreciate you. And uh, please subscribe and follow me on Instagram, that Josh Arnold. Uh, send me messages at Josh Podcast at bobandtom.com, questions, whatever, and uh, I will get to... Bye!